address the Jaguars game here first. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, what was that? Like It was a stinker. A touchdownless game yep. where the Jacksonville Jaguars lost again to the Tennessee Titans, 9-6. to six. You heard that right, folks, 9-6. to six. We got a baseball score for the NFL game. Uh, I want to get everybody's takes on that because uh, shout-out to uh, Ryan the Hacker Green who mentioned the Jacksonville Jaguars have lost four of the last five matchups against the Tennessee Titans, and the only time that they did beat them, anybody want to take a guess? Was that the Thursday night game a couple years ago? It was not. Oh. It was the, was it early? No, they did. They lost week two last year, right? They did. They lost that one. They actually beat the Tennessee Titans when the Titans were in a playoff chance. I believe they were 8-7, and seven, and the Jags were 2-11? and 11? Am I doing my math right? Two and twelve, uh, but Marcus Mariota's leg was broken in the. I believe it was the second quarter, oh, wait, put, so he yeah, did not even yeah. finish the game, that and was, the Jags were losing at the time. Yeah, that was the uh, end of. That was like Marone's first game starting, right? That was, Correct. Uh, yes, that was Marone's first game as the interim. Yeah. yeah, so that was that was the only time that okay. they were able to defeat the Titans, and then every time that Mariota's been at the helm, they've had the Jags have had no answer for that. So. In this game, the offense had no rhythm, and they just had no chance of clicking going forward in the game. Every time you felt like this might be the drive, this might be the chance, Jags never had that. And the Titans doesn't necessarily didn't, but the Jags just were worse. That, let me just put it plain and simple. Ryan, I want to ask you, going forward, obviously in this new game, the whole talk about the Jags trying to be the next 16-0 team, it's over. Yep. There's no more talk for that. See you. So... Do you think the Jags have a better chance of winning or losing against the Jets after a performance they just put up against the Tennessee Titans at home? Now, I mean, as a fan, I'm going to be a little biased and say I, I feel like they have a better chance of winning because, like you said, they're at home. I hope this little, little fire under their belly after that immaculate performance against the Patriots and then a game like this, hopefully they have some type of reality check where it's like, hey, we got a lot of work to do still, and... I hope that wakes him up. Hopefully Leonard Fournette comes back as well. I think that's going to make a big difference. Uh, so we'll just have to wait and see. I know this talk about the Jags are a better team without Leonard Fournette yeah, because they were undefeated. I think they just had a different approach offensively. And this game, the Titans knew going forward that, that was, it was most likely that he was not going to play. So they already knew the answers were they had to figure out a way to stop T.J. Yeldon, stop Corey Grant, and get to Blake Bortles and get pressure on him. And that's exactly what they did. And... Alfred, is there any takes that you have that you from when you watch the game, well, the the biggest flaw of the offense as a whole? Well, do you think first, it's more? On, I guess I should ask. Do you think it's more on Bortles, or do you think it's more on his protection and wideouts? Well, honestly, I feel like um, well, first off, it was a deflating loss yeah, since they beat the Patriots. A little hint joke. But <laughs> Bortles, man, I feel like you can't really ride that wave too much. I feel like he's limited. Uh, as a passer, I feel like if you saw a lot of play action, a lot of offensive schemes they tried to use against the Titans wasn't really working, uh, or against the Patriots wasn't really working against the Titans. So I feel like um, the Fournette aspect, like you said, you know, Fournette is, you know, arguably our second, third best player uh, overall and be definitely our best offensive player. And um, honestly, man, after the Patriots win, I, I think they were smelling themselves a little bit. I mean, power rankings had them second behind the Rams. I hear, you know, Iniki Gakwe talking about, you know, we're the best team uh, in the league. And don't, don't get me wrong, I want you to have that confidence as a team. Mm -hmm. But I felt that maybe they were overlooking the Titans a little bit. And I feel like now they'll get back refocused and, you know, feast on a rookie quarterback coming in Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. I 100% agree with you. And I... My problem is I have to go back and forth. Like, ever since I was leaving the stadium, I had to keep going back and forth on who I felt like was the main issue on offense. The protection wasn't always there. There were times that when the protection was there, Bortles was just making a very bad throw. And I feel like he was getting nervous and based on, I guess, the Tennessee Titans. There's something in their head. Somewhere. The curse is real. I mean, there's just <laughs> – you, you, you don't even give up a touchdown and you can't beat this team now. Um, but then there was times that he had a great throw and the receiver would just drop it. Yep. So for me to kind of pinpoint this on anybody, I think it was just an entire disaster for the offense. 
I don't necessarily blame the defense entirely. The only time that they upset me in the entire game was the helmet-to-helmet hit that got the turnover to we knocked Gabbard out of the game, and it was just it was he wasn't trying to go for the helmet, but it, it happened and it I, it really swayed the momentum in the game, and it took away the turnover when we forced the fumble as well. Mm-hmm. And then other than that, there was the drive that they allowed the go-ahead field goal to make it nine to six after we just tied the game. But other than that, the defense played well, and when I was at the game, you could just see it in all the players' emotions. They were frustrated, very frustrated that the offense could not get anything going, and they had to, like, be perfect. And I've always talked about this in baseball, that pitchers get frustrated when the offense can't get going, and they feel like they have to – if they give up one run, then they lose. And that shouldn't be that way. You should be a teammate where you can rely on each other. So when it feels one way, I can definitely see why the defense would be – frustrated with that situation from a non-Jaguars fan perspective how do you guys view the Jags do you guys think that the Jags are starting to fall apart or do you think this was just a hiccup in the season I'll start with you Trey I think it's just a hiccup in the season honestly um as much as it was a deflating loss it was a loss you needed if that makes any sense um you like like it was said the pay you came off the Patriots were the best team in the NFL number two power ranking that sort of stuff they started to think they were untouchable. And now they were just proven that, okay, the Titans can beat you guys. So you, the, the offense needs to figure something out. The coaching, the offensive players, they need to figure something out as far as how to progress, how to get past this, and how to play better the next week. Sometimes you need a loss because you need to know what you need to fix and what you need to work on. That, yeah. Yeah. Um, I saw it pretty much the same thing as Trey said. I saw it as more of a Patriots hangover. I mean – you, you know, you're you're at the highest high, and mm-hmm. you're playing Tennessee, and you're thinking, you know, they are, they're nothing compared to the Patriots. You go into the game a little cocky, and then it happens. But um, it's also good to get it over with early in the year because right. then, uh, let's say, playoffs come around and you're playing an eight seed and, you know, first mm-hmm. or second round, then you know how to handle it. You know mentally how to go into that game and not to get too high on yourself. Helps the team prepare for situations later in the season. Yeah. Um, but my biggest question mark in the entire game – was last week, it, it almost felt like it didn't matter what down, quarter, time was, that the Jags were just aggressive for the whole 60 minutes. This game, it felt like we were playing more cautious and afraid to make a mistake. They let Bortles sling it against New England and make all of the moves he wanted to make. And then in this game, they kind of like, I don't even remember how many deep I, balls yeah, he I, threw. That's the thing that kept, like, you obviously couldn't hear the commentators, but they kept saying, like, Jaguars didn't even test the DBs for um, Tennessee. We didn't third. I don't remember seeing his third deep maybe once or twice. Um, I wish we had more. I mean, I feel like he was just playing. It was a lot of just like crossing routes, shallow, you know, three or four yard passes, and then it either gets tipped, needs a bad throw, or they can't catch it. So it was. And I'm sorry. There's. I don't care what any of the coaches say. There's no excuse for punting the ball late in the game. Mm -hmm. That is the most upsetting play of the entire season for me because. Watching us go into fourth down, okay, well, this is it. We're going to have to make a play here to keep the drive going. And then I look over and I see Logan Cook running onto the field. And I'm like, wait a minute. Am I reading the score wrong? Because I look at the score, I'm like, okay, we're down by three. There's you, like two minutes and 50 seconds left. You've got to go for it. And then you've got to go for it in that situation. Again, they're not playing aggressive. Yep. Like they're, not, they're just playing afraid and trying not to make a mistake. But we had no problem making a Fake punt, which I will say, from section 123, row CC, by the way, uh, (laughs) you can read that fake punt from afar. Oh, yeah. You're watching Corey Grant run on, like, all the Tennessee defenders were just pointing at Corey. And then it was just a blow. I I hated that. And I think um, you want to be careful with that because you see Jalen Ramsey, even in that uh, GQ article, he said that the team should have put more trust in Blake in that AFC championship game. So... Coming off a great performance against the Patriots, you would think they would give him at least that opportunity to try that fourth down before you go in for a punt. But it still shows that the coaching staff is hesitant to really give Bortles the full range. Even though he he had a bad game, you have to at least give that trust to your quote-unquote franchise quarterback to deliver. And the Jags just can't find an answer from Marcus Mariota or Derrick Henry. I mean, just every game it feels like if they have the ball in their hands, they're going to make a play. And it's not every week. It's just against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I've been talking to some other friends about this too. Though I feel like how certain teams have another team's number. 
and how people were so surprised that the Jags can play so well against the Steelers and beat them twice in their stadium and advance to the AFC Championship last year. The Titans have our number. They have some kind of scheme and game plan every time they play the Jags, and they know exactly how to beat us, and it's proven time and time again. Now, what I do want to ask you guys is, do you think this is a panic button? Do you think this is a panic button for the offense still proving to be inconsistent? I'll give my take. But, Alfred, do you think this is a time that there's a there's a panic in the building at all because the Jags cannot get over this Tennessee curse of whatever this is? I mean, a little bit, because if you think about week one, I mean, they really only scored, what, nine points, if, if I'm not correct? I mean, if you think about it, Miles Jack scored that touchdown right. um, against Eli Manning week one. I mean, you know, Nathaniel Hackett. I think they had, had a, 13. Was it 13? And then I think it was 13, and then Miles Jack's touchdown gave, okay. made it 20. I mean, I know the league average is 21. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, Nathaniel, you know, Nathaniel Hackett had a great game plan against the, the Patriots, but is that in retrospect after seeing what Detroit did to the Patriots? Are they defense that good, or right. did Blake Bortles, you know? So, I mean, I think it's a wait-and-see approach. I mean, the Jets' defense is very talented. We'll see. You know, it's a wait-and-see approach. I wouldn't panic just yet. I think mm-hmm. we still have Super Bowl aspirations, but is it, to me, is a way to see approach. I wouldn't panic just yet. Ryan, there's a panic button in front of you. Pressing it? Uh, I don't think just yet. I, I, I sincerely think it is just a hiccup. I think it's you know the Patriots lost two straight games. Now they had that it's their September thing that always happens every year, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's just it for us at this moment. It's that this is our hiccup game. And we'll see if we can fix it next week against the Jets. The reason I say no for the panic button is last year the Jags win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. They were 3-3, three and three, could not really find an identity going forward, but they were able to win four games in a row, boom, 7-3, and three, just yeah. like that. And it's a long season, and this is a very tough loss because it's against Tennessee, because this was called the Revenge Series, because you were playing three teams in a row at home to teams that gave you losses last year. It's unfortunate, but I wouldn't hit the panic button yet because I think this lights a fire for the Jaguars, and there are people that may think that this will continue against the Jets. I don't see that happening, honestly, Uh, especially after the way the Jets performed against Cleveland, which we'll get into that as well. I have very strong faith that the Jaguars will come back, and Doug Marone has given time and time again huge credit to the team on focusing on winning the quarter. So every four games, having a winning record, because if you can go 3-1, and And every four game, and every set of four games, you go twelve and four in the season. Yep. So, and that arguably can put you in the number one, possibly number two seed, depending on the conference. But the twelve and four is a nice record for the Jags if they can go three and one every quarter. So, yes, I wanted to start out four and zero, but if they can go three and one, that would be very impressive too. But we talked about it last week. Alfred wasn't this. I want to hear his take on this. The Des Bryant talk. He's still out there. Still sitting at home. He's, he's let, let people know that he'd be interested in playing New England. There was on hard knocks that he was interested in playing for Cleveland and Washington. After what we saw with the offense and the inconsistency that's there, yes, I understand Des Bryant, you know, what was it? He led the league in drops or his, accuracy, or his catch actually wasn't that great. Yeah, he led, the, he led the league in drops. So do you think he'd be even clo- being considered for this Jacksonville team at all? Like, Do you think that's even been brought up? recently in the front office? I mean, I don't think so. I mean, I believe Jacksonville is actually one of the locker rooms that he can actually come in and not affect the culture. I mean, Tom Coughlin, Doug Marone, they're very strong-minded when it comes to that. So I think that they want to focus. If anything, if they were going to take that plunge and risk on a receiver, why not stay with Allen Robinson, you know? So I feel like they wouldn't bring in a receiver, especially a veteran like that, to really – coincide with Blake Bortles, mm-hmm. especially when he has a young nucleus with this core he has now with Dante Moncrief and, and um, Keenan Cole. Keenan Cole, yeah. Keenan so. Cole, yeah. And you you were very passionate about the Jags should have kept Allen Robinson. And I don't – I mean, I think – I don't think the Jags used a franchise tag on anybody, if I'm uh, remembering correctly. Yeah, they did not. So that was surprising to me that they just didn't use a franchise tag on Robinson. I, I don't – you know, I, it wouldn't have hurt. I mean, it doesn't doesn't do anything but help us to keep him. If he's good, then he's good. If not, then you know. Honestly, I have to, I have to be. I wasn't really keeping track of him in Chicago. Has he been? He's been okay. I think um, he's the first game against Green Bay, he had two. 
great catches. Mm-hmm. And Trubisky's not a world beater anyway. Yeah. So I mean, I, mean, he's not I mean, come on. One year starter at UNC, oh. guys. Come on. <laughs> He's got weapons. He's the answer. He's <laughs> got Taylor Gabriel. <laughs> this week or last week, he had like 10 catches. So, I mean, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, Robinson um, is definitely. Um, I mean, the Bears are the top of the division right now, right. so there they must are. be doing they something be right. What is that division? That's strange. Yeah. Strange. That's very, that's very true. <laughs> that's strange. Um, so, that's really basically all we have to talk about the Giants game. There's no highlights, really. 9 to 6, mm-hmm. touchdown this game. What I want to do. With that game is because there were no touchdowns in the game. It's time for the dean's office pop quiz, gentlemen. We we saw it, nine to six. Jags lost to the Titans with no touchdowns on either side. Can you guys tell me the lowest scoring game in NFL history, and the two teams that performed and which team won? Three parts to this question. Okay. It's a big quiz. I don't give out easy grades here. I didn't study. I, I think I might know this one. It was Raven Steelers. It, I'm pretty sure it was in that division, and it was six to three. That's one of the only games that I can remember, and I remember. Um, oh, I want to say Pittsburgh won it in overtime, the very end of overtime with a field goal, but I could be wrong. Okay. Remember a game like That's that. a very unconfident submission for your assignment. I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll give you a grade in a minute, Ryan. Um, start off with the lowest scoring game of all time. We're gonna go. I feel like it is six to three, but I'm just gonna be different. We're gonna say three to two, and it's gonna be like the 1949 Cardinals <laughs> versus the New York Football Giants, with the Giants winning. I don't know. Trey, any thoughts? I'm gonna take a shot in the dark in this one <laughs> because I have no idea. I'm gonna go with Bills and the Browns, and I'm gonna go with six to three, and I'm gonna say the Bills won it. Cause why not? Cause Alfred, you got a chance to. Yeah. All these boys got their quiz. 6-3. They all failed the quiz last week, so I'm curious <laughs> if you can. Uh, yeah, I'm about to go 0 for 4, definitely. So, <laughs> um, I'll say a safety, 2 to nothing. Oh, um, It's a terrible game. Browns and Steelers. <laughs> Who won? Steelers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what I love most about your submissions, we had, we had Steelers being thrown around, right? We had yeah. Steelers being thrown around. He was the closest with 2 to nothing. Dang, 3-0. The Steelers ended up defeating the Miami Dolphins 3-0 oh. on November 26, 2007. I actually remember watching that I game do remember with my that grandfather. Game. I don't 3-0. I remember that. The Steelers ha- and the Dolphins still hold the lowest scoring game. There hasn't been a 2 to nothing yet. Uh, Cleveland was trying in that preseason when Jazz they beat the, the Eagles 5-0. Jaguars were trying. Yeah, well, they, they were trying, but... Six points? Three to you nothing. To. Still, nobody's passing my class right now. Kind of upset. Maybe maybe I, maybe, maybe it starts with maybe it starts with me. Yeah, I think maybe it's, I, it's <laughs> a teacher. I don't, you don't tell st- me anything. Start else. handing maybe out study guides. Well, you guys need to start paying attention. I mean, this is That's a pop true. quiz. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I can't I can't just be giving study guides for pop quizzes. You guys got to figure this out on your own. You're right, teach. Moving on to the second segment, um, because you mentioned the Cleveland Browns, they are victorious, guys. They did it. Hallelujah. I was sitting at a, a restaurant enjoying a nice cold one and watching Baker Mayfield just take over by himself. What a legend. Uh, the Cleveland Browns have won their first game since December 24, 2016. Now, Jags fans know, I'm assuming Alfred might know, why the Cleveland Browns won mm-hmm. that game. Ryan, do you remember? A uh, little, little, at the time, Chargers kicker named Josh Lambeau. As we in the in the Duval area call him, Josh Lamborghini. It was a bad time for yeah. Josh Lambo. Look he at missed him now. The, he missed the, the field goal, and now he's yeah, you know, he's top he, of the world. He's I the only he, one scoring points for our team I wish now. He could have so. had another three la- yesterday, but <laughs> we don't talk about that. Uh, so the Cleveland Browns are now victorious, and they are what one one and one. Yep. Isn't that ties? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I want to ask you guys about this game. Is the Cleveland Browns looked like a totally different team after he took the helm. Terod Taylor was out. Was Baker, and then he beat Sam Darnold. So, I mean, ironically, because people were saying, oh, Cleveland Browns missed. Should have taken Sam Darnold over Baker Mayfield. I thought it at first for a slight second. Let's talk about it. I still think that. So, I mean, Alfred, tell, tell me, was Baker Mayfield the right pick, or is this just the heat of the moment? Um, No, I think it was definitely the heat of the moment. Um. Cleveland was just looking for any reason to, to energize the crowd as far as the fans. Um, I think, honestly, I think Cleveland's loaded defensively. 
I would say. So I think yeah. they're going to stay in every game regardless yeah. of who's quarterbacking. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, to me, is never – I mean, he's conservative game manager, so I think he's never going to put you over the top. Yeah. Took the Buffalo um, Bills to the playoffs, mister. And Nathan Peterman, but moving no. on. <laughs> the legend. But I feel like um, Baker Mayfield, I think he's going to – I think it served him right because he came into the middle of the game. It was He wasn't game planned completely. Right. So um, they play Oakland next. Let's see what he does when a – John Gruden gets a hold of him. Oh, my God. <laughs> Trey, was, uh, was Baker Mayfield the better pick? Did, did the Browns get this pick right finally with their quarterback situation? Was he the right pick over Sam Darnold? I think he was. Um, I see Baker Mayfield as a competitor as far as it goes. He's one you could tell he hates losing. And when he got into that game, the way that the team changed, because, again, they were looking for an answer, the way that they changed, the demeanor changed, and the way he was throwing the ball and just the plays he was making, they were very aggressive as far as where he sneaked the ball in. I think he's a very uh, risk-taking quarterback that will actually pay off for Cleveland because of that. Because, again, like we've had, we've, uh, Alfred said with Tyrod Taylor or someone, he plays very conservative. They don't need a conservative quarterback. They need someone who's going to go out there and try to make plays because they need that. Christian? Man, Cleveland, I, I watching that game, it almost looked like the Browns team was looking for an excuse to get Baker Mayfield yeah. in that game. They were just waiting <laughs> at the offensive line. Reminded me of that Tebow time back in the day. Oh, man. You could, just, <laughs> you could feel it. They wanted All the fans, even some of the teammates, wanted, wanted Baker Mayfield in that game. And when he came in that game, the blocking got better. The wide receivers, you know, just learned how to catch. <laughs> the defense, you know, they were doing their thing, but they, they stepped it up even more. And I think that he is definitely the answer for Cleveland, in my opinion. I know it's early, but because if you watch how much fun that game was and how much fun he had with his teammates in that game and all the trick plays they did, all the things that you would never expect out of a team like the Browns, like that, that is unheard of. So just the change of culture, and hopefully it will continue against you know, <clears throat> Yeah, Baker Mayfield finally got that cooler open for the city. But yeah. Was, do you uh, think opening the cooler is some good future, Ryan? Yeah. You know what? I'm all in on the Baker train. <laughs> right, I'm crazy. drinking the Baker juice, man. He's just, I don't know. He's just got a very infectious personality. I feel like you'd love him if he's on your team, and you might get annoyed from him if he's not. And throughout college, you know, walking on at two different schools, becoming the starter, having a – awesome record in college and winning the Heisman first overall pick I don't know this guy has just proven that he knows what he's doing so I hope it continues and yeah I, I think I think they made the right pick he's got he's got a lot of uh, self-motivation which yeah. I love about him and yes I can understand from certain perspectives that he just, he's not built like the best quarterback in the draft right. just like Sam Darnold was um I think his oh, his personality and his attention to detail and the fact – I mean, just after the game when he was being interviewed, he, he every time they would praise him, they would constantly praise him like, oh, you did this, you, you finally did it. He would say, no, it was more of this guy, it was, this, it was Carlos Hyde, it was the defense, it was other guys around me. It's his first – I mean, he's a rookie and he's making leadership traits that out in the open and letting people know that – he, it's not all about him. Mm-hmm. I think so, they, need, they need to do another Hard Knocks episode. I think he's really <laughs> obligated. The NFL needs to make him come back because there's just too much, that, you know, with Josh Gordon and the first one and all that. We need, like, a, they need to do, like, an end of the year. A follow-up. Yeah, the, the follow-up last game of the year episode. But I really hope, I mean, the talk, I mean, after the game, there was talk that Hugh Jackson was saying something about he wasn't sure if he was going to be the starter against mm-hmm. Oakland, which I – I was telling I was telling Ryan this that, Gotta watch that if film. he had a press conference <laughs> announcing that Terod Taylor was going to be the starter, and I was John Dorsey, I would actually walk down to the conference <laughs> and, fire, and him. fire him on camera, because I mean you can't a city that rallies around a quarterback that could build sales for the team as well, for Baker Mayfield going the four and you're about to play the Oakland Raiders. I just I don't know I I don't see how you could start Terod at all, but do I believe he's the right pick? Um, yeah, I think so. I, I think Baker Mayfield, to me, proved, when we talk about how, for example, Deshaun Kaiser. Okay, let me, let me mention to him. They talked about how great of like, a build he was for a quarterback, for the teams that could draft him. But right, go on, he's awesome. He wasn't, 
he wasn't winning games. No. Like I feel like that's the most important thing one. to be a quarterback is you can prove that you can rally a team together, be a leader, and get a team and an offense rolling to win football games. And Baker Mayfield was able to do that as a walk-on twice. So, and Sam Darnold wasn't, you know, he wasn't winning USC tons of games. But Oklahoma almost won the national championship last year with Baker Mayfield. So, I think they got the right pick. I definitely think we have to see more. Yeah, but definitely. I don't know how great Baker Mayfield will be in this league. I definitely am going to be a fan of his. But I really think he was going to be the better quarterback long term than Sam Darnold. Alfred, you got something for us? Yeah, just to, just to follow up on that. I just feel like I'm just a big proponent on um, body types. So I yeah. like a big, right. you know, 6'3", 6'4", 250, uh, 250, um, 230, 220. You're a Colin quarterback. Coward supporter. You can just own it. Exactly. It's fine. I mean, I'm, I'm just being real. I mean, you know, AFC North, I mean, it gets cold. You want a quarterback that can cut that ball through the wind. You got Big Ben. You got Andy Dalton. You got Pat, no, not Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes in that division? Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco. And then you got from, little Baker Mayfield. So, Super I mean, Bowl champion Joe you know. Flacco. <laughs> Elite quarterback. <laughs> there we go. So, I mean, I just feel like, I mean, we'll see. I mean, Baker, I think his personality, like y'all said, is infectious. Yeah. Uh, leadership qualities is outstanding. We'll just see. Maybe yeah. improve wrong. So. Guys, you're listening to 95.5 FM UNF Spinnaker Radio. Check out the UNF Spinnaker Radio website if you haven't. You can check out a lot of the st- local stories here at UNF and in Jacksonville. Uh, for sports and entertainment and just local news in case you're curious about uh, some news going around campus. Make sure you check it out, unfspinnaker.com, and check us out on the radio. You can listen to us there, 95.5 FM, some great music there for you, and we'll get back to you there in about half an hour. But before we do that, I wanted to address uh, Sad Trey over here. It's a, it's a losing circle. You know, last week we were all, we were all excited. It was, uh, it was you know, Victory Monday for all of us, and then... Next week, all, all of us are losers. So uh, the Saints were able to defeat the Falcons in overtime in Atlanta, which is always a very fun game to watch. Trey, are you, are you – I guess I'll give you a panic button. Are you panicking? <laughs> because there's a lot of injuries on defense. Calvin Ridley balled out, which – I love Calvin When we were watching the draft <laughs> together, I said that I was hoping that Calvin Ridley would keep falling because I was hoping that the Jags would scoop him at the very end. I would love to And, you know, your Falcons had to, quote-unquote, rise up and just <laughs> take him away. Yeah. Because I had a lot of faith for him going into the season. So he played very well against the Saints. Fantastic. But what about your defense? Are you, wor- are you hitting a panic button right now? Um, that's such a hard question. Um, uh, my goodness. Talk about it. Uh, it's hard for me to talk about it because <laughs> a part of me wants to hit that. We're in pan- this together right now. I know. A part of me really <laughs> wants to hit that panic button because we don't have Keanu Neal and we have KZ, who is probably hated by a lot of Jacksonville fans. I'm going to personally apologize. That wasn't a good hit, okay? He had the hit against. He probably would have dropped passes yeah. yesterday, too. Yeah. So. Well, he also had the hit against Cam Newton. And then this week, he's supposed to be a physical presence that doesn't do anything. He couldn't tackle Kamara. He 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 didn't he he could he can't cover, so he he on he he was unimpressive. Um, Duke Riley, who I thought might be a good pick when we drafted him and Tar to Carson McKinley, um, he's been disappointing. He can't cover the field like Deion Jones can cover the field. Certainly can't make a tackle. I mean, if any if any teams are listening, run up run it up the middle. Let you know right now, it's gonna work. Um, Hasn't worked for the Jags, I can tell you that. I was watching it. Yeah, but, wasn't working. Yeah, if you want to do it against the Falcons, just run up the middle. Um, and as well, we just lost Ricardo Allen, our other safety. So we have our cornerbacks, but our safeties are such a big part of our, our defensive scheme, as well as Deion Jones as far as keeping the middle of the field covered. I'm probably going to be hitting that panic button because – we need to we, we have the uh, the next man up mentality right now and um Dan Quinn stop okay um go and pick somebody up Eric Reed trade for Earl Thomas um pick up Navarro Bowman do something these guys are out there and they're better than the the next man up i can guarantee you that they've proven it in their career and i'm sure they can, they're still better than what they are now um I'm scared for our defense. Our offense is great. Like you said, Calvin Ridley, I wanted the Calvin Ridley jersey. I definitely should have gotten it when the draft came out. I love Calvin Ridley. I think he's got a great offensive mind as far as getting back to the quarterback with that third touchdown he had, 
His speed is ridiculous. He has good hands. Julio Jones, of course, I love Julio. Mohamed Sanu. The, the defense focuses on those two more. Then Ridley's open. Okay, well, then you focus on someone else. Someone else is going to be open on our offense. Then you've got um, our rookie running back we drafted, Ido Smith, uh, who has also been doing very well is with Tavon Coleman. And then we get Devontae Freeman back at some point. That's great. Matt Ryan tore it up against the Saints, as usual. Drew Brees and Matt Ryan always five have a good... Too. Yeah, five touchdowns. Drew Brees and... Um, Matt Ryan always have a good game against each other. But the reason we lost that game was our defense. We put up 37 points, and then the, especially in the second half, you, you, you couldn't stop them. I think um, uh, Kamara got a majority of the touches, whether it was rushing or a pass. And it was these, these dump passes that were just kind of lofted from Drew Brees to Kamara. And it, they, he'd get a solid six yards on the play, and you do that twice, that's the first down. Our pass rush wasn't there, um, partially due to not having Takaris McKinley. I think that was a big part of it. But as well as our defensive coordinator. We hardly even pressured Drew Brees whatsoever. We didn't – I think we blitzed him a good three to four times, and that was about it. And you've got to put him under pressure. You cannot give him time in the pocket because he will make those throws. Or he'll do a spin move into the end zone to tie the game up and bring it in overtime. Which you should have wrapped up then too. That was another problem. We didn't wrap. We didn't wrap up. So that's I'm hitting the panic button. We got to fix some stuff up this week. Get some players that'll replace some of those next man up players. You guys have the Cincinnati Bengals next, who are a pretty hot team right now. I don't know if I fully believe in it yet, because they're still being led by Marvin Lewis and Andy Dalton. So yep. I'm not really sure how much I believe in that hype yet. But we'll see how the Falcons do going forward. But somebody that I do believe in the hype in now. There's a guy in a there's a guy in Kansas City, um, you might have heard of him. His name is Patrick Mahomes. Who? Uh, Patrick Mahomes, quarterback from Texas Tech. Oh, that guy. Thank you for my fantasy team. By the he way, he was drafted before Deshaun Watson, and everybody was shocked because Deshaun Watson seemed like he was going to be the better quarterback, but he lit it up against San Francisco. Christian, I want I want to get your take since it was a really tough game for you guys with injuries, and we'll get to that, but. What did you see playing against Patrick Mahomes? Is, is is there something that defenses are not scheming against, or is he just that good? Well, I mean, the, the game started out pretty harsh for the 49ers defense. It was like, what, 35-7 to seven at yeah, one point, right? Yeah, 35-7 uh, at halftime. And it, it looked like it was completely over. But um, Mahomes, and give, give a lot of credit to Andy Reid. He has really assisted Patrick Mahomes in oh, yeah. easing him into games, making easy throws at first, and then – when it comes down to it, making the kind of throws that, you know, only players like Patrick Mahomes can make, you know, do they roll out, dart it to whoever's there. And he has weapons. He has Tyreek Hill and he has Kelsey. But it also takes somebody to get the ball there. So I think Mahomes is the real deal. Um, I do think he's going to settle down a little bit as teams starting to figure him out. But I, I think he's a legitimate NFL starter, you know, top ten right now in the league quarterback. Um, My – my prediction has already been wrong because I said that the Jaguars were going to start 4-0 and their first loss was going to be against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs because the Chiefs started out 5-0 and last year and they're pretty much the opposite of the Patriots in my opinion. They start off so hot and then it just kind of derails and falls, it falls down a little bit. And the Patriots always kind of struggle building their chemistry and they just kind of rise up later on. Um, but I think... That game, the, the Jags should really need to win this Jets game to start out 3-1 and one because that Chiefs game does scare me because the Chiefs are such a hot team in the beginning. And to go there for their second home game, the Chiefs, that's the second home game against the Jags because they've had three road games. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs are going to have their second home game at Arrowhead Stadium to play against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And that's a very scary matchup. I was, I'm excited to see how we scheme against all of their offensive weapons that they have with Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Kareem Hunt. So many weapons. Very curious how the Jags are going to uh, scheme against that. Uh, some history, a history lesson for you guys. On this day in NFL history, uh, speaking of the New York Jets who are playing the Jags this week, uh, former Jets quarterback Joe Namath threw six touchdowns and 496 yards against then uh, the then Baltimore Colts, wow. and the Jets won that game 44-34. to and the Colts quarterback at the time was Johnny Unitas, who threw for 376 yards, and they combined for a total of 872 passing yards. And that's your On This Day in History. 
not an exciting one as last week where the NFL was actually born, which was a <laughs> fantastic way to start the show. Um, but, you know, San Francisco really struggled against Patrick Mahomes, just like the Steelers. And who did the Chiefs play week one? Uh, uh, Raiders, was it? Was it the Raiders? I don't even remember. They played... Um... I <laughs> don't remember who the Chiefs I'll played. I'll find out. Um, but San Francisco, losing that game was tough, but the players that they lost. Play the Chargers. They played the Chargers, that's oh, yeah. right. Oh, okay. okay. Thank you, Alfred. <laughs> Alfred the Butler, everybody. Um, the players you guys lost, Christian. Jimmy G is towards ACL. They confirmed that, so he's out for the year. Richard Sherman, luckily, they were worried it was an Achilles injury that he would have been out for the year again because he tore his Achilles last year. Um, but luckily he's going to be out for a few weeks with the calf strain, I believe it was. But we just found it right before the show that I had no idea. They didn't talk about it much today. Matt Breda could possibly be out for the season, who was playing because McKinnon tore his ACL as well. So if you're backup running back tore his ACL possibly on a non-contact injury, I mean, Alfred Morris is your guy now. So your offense goes from possibly Jimmy Garoppolo and Jared McKinnon and Matt Breda to now the legend from Iowa, C.J. Beathard <laughs> and Alfred Morris. It's, it's, I mean, I'll take I mean, him against anyone. Well, I mean, I, <laughs> it's not as Washington days anymore. No. Um, I mean, I guess you have a panic button too. I mean, you're hitting that, right? I, I, honestly, I'd replace it with a tank button. Um, absolutely, because right now, I mean, you're starting a movement. Oh yeah, we had so many, the we had so much optimism about this year. You know, would this be the year that we go for the wild card spot? Jimmy Garoppolo, say what you want about week one, but he looked solid week two and week three. Zero interceptions through week two and week three. He threw for two twenty, two twenty five or more each week. So I mean, he was he was Jimmy Garoppolo. He was being himself, but. Another thing is, you know, we get back Reuben Foster. The team's looking good. The second half of that Chiefs game, I mean, a couple, couple penalty calls and a couple mistakes by uh, our offense, and that game could be tied up, you know. So I feel like we, we definitely competed, and it's, it's sad to lose Jimmy G, and it's sad to lose Richard Sherman. And I have a stat. It was the um, – here's the 49ers opening day starters in the secondary. Oh, boy. It was uh, Kilo Weatherspoon, Richard Sherman, Koski Tart, and – Adrian Colbert. And right now, we have four new players. It's uh, Jimmy Ward, Antoine Exum, DJ Reed, and then we still have not found out who our right uh, starting corner is going to be for the week. So it's not just Jimmy G. It's not just Richard Sherman. It's, it's oh, man, we are falling apart. So like I said, you know, take take the season how it is. And we'll, I believe in C.J. Beathard. Hopefully he'll make the season, the rest of the season exciting for us. Hate to break it to you, I'm not a huge C.J. Beathard supporter. Yeah, I don't blame But that's, that's from, I mean, back to what we talked about. That's the main reason I'm not hitting panic button for the Jags. Leonard Fournette hasn't been playing. We really need him back. But other than that, like, obviously Marquise Lee, thanks a lot. You're welcome. The Falcons. He wasn't much. Um, Let's be honest. But, but Let's be honest. There hasn't been major losses to this team right. on offensively, knock on wood. They... I can they've, call KC No, please don't. Uh, <laughs> keeping our players healthy is very important for the entire season and to, to at least make it to the playoffs. For teams like Atlanta and San Francisco to lose so many key players so early just kills the entire season. It kills the hype for the season. So the Jags still have a lot of games to go, still plenty of players that you know they need to rest up this week and get ready for the Jets. But we're we're still we're we're hanging in there right now. A lot of teams wish they could be two and one, and for the people I saw fans that were saying that the Jags are awful again because we lost the Tennessee Titans. It's one. It's one loss. Like, it's one loss. Okay, we're, we're two and one, and leading into the next segment, there's plenty of teams that wish they could be two and one, and there's teams that are winless right now. Yeah. And I want to get you guys' opinion on which of these winless teams will win first tonight. You can watch the Steelers take on. Fitzmagic and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, so we have the Steelers, who are currently 0-1-1, thanks to the NFL rules with ties. But we also have the Cardinals, who have lost again. So they are 0-3. And the other teams that have lost again, 0-3 as well, are the Oakland Raiders and, surprisingly, the Houston Texans have lost again. Alfred, who's winning? Who, or who, who's, who's getting their first win coming up? Give me their Raiders. John Raiders, Gordon. really? Give me Gruden, man. I'm taking Gruden. Okay. Playing um, Mayfield. 
Cleveland Browns. I think they're on a high right now. They it's in Oakland, right? I believe it's in Oakland. Uh, it is, yes. Derek Carr, man, I think he turns the ball over a little too much, but he is, you know, getting the ball downfield. Jordy Nelson had like 150 yards first half. He's playing well for them. And, I mean, it's just they just had some unfortunate breaks, man. I think um, they get film on Mayfield, and I think they get their first win, man. I think Fitzmagic keeps that um, going, and they upset Steelers. So. I, I definitely hope so. Uh, Ryan, who's getting their first win out of this group? Arizona, Oakland, Houston, or Pittsburgh? I'll give, you, I'll give you some tips. The Arizona Cardinals are playing the Seattle Seahawks in Arizona. The Raiders are playing against Cleveland and Oakland. Houston's going at Indianapolis to play the Colts, and obviously the Steelers are playing Tampa Bay tonight. Um, I'm going to say the Titans. Or, excuse me. Excuse me. Yeah, the Titans <laughs> Do are we need win. to talk about this gonna, game again, Ryan? <laughs> the Texans. Um, uh, I, just, I, I don't think there is any way they can keep it up with that talent on that team to play that bad. Um, just plain and simple, I think. And also it'd be good for the Jags because then that's that's only one win for them and then the Colts is another game, so I'll take that. So you got Houston, Oakland, Christian. Mm. Who's got that first dub uh, coming up? All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a shot in the dark and say uh, Steelers win tonight. Oh, I'm going to say Fitzmagic. Fitzmagic's over? I'm only two weeks? Over. I'm going to say it's, it's a little, little damper, yeah. a little you know, <laughs> kind of watered down. It's a little bruised. Yeah, yeah, I think – I, I don't know. I don't think he can ride that high forever. I think he's a good quarterback, but I don't think he's that good of a quarterback. And um, I think Steelers, they need some, they need anything right now. So I think they go out there and they, they perform well enough to beat Tampa. But we'll see. Could be wrong. Trey, are you uh, jumping on anybody else's decision no. here? Everyone's going to remain winless. I really believe so. Oh, oh that's a bold statement. <laughs> I, no, I, so I, all of them are going to lose again. Oh. Yeah, I'll leave Listen, next Four, week. 4 oh, and 16 teams. Huh? 4 0 oh, and 16. Well, not 0 oh, and 16, no, 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 but just, he's saying like 0 oh, and 4. Like, or yeah, for week okay. 4. Just for week yeah. 4. No, one of them's going to win. No, That's no, no. not even possible. No, I think. Well, no. <laughs> I'd have to look at the season and um, the schedule. But. No, just talking about week 4. Because um, I know the Steelers do play the Ravens next week. I don't think they win tonight. And I don't think they win next week. I don't know. I don't have a lot of faith in the Steelers right now. Um, I hope you're right, man. Mainly with Mike, Same. mainly with Mike Tomlin, he's not a good coach. Nope. Um, he oh, can't talk control, about it. Can't, right. well, he can't control his team, and he's got all these offensive weapons, and he doesn't know how to use them. Um, he's making Steve Sarkeesian look good. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, no, I think I think into week four, they all remain winless. I think the Cardinals will lose to the Seahawks. I think, I think the Steelers will lose tonight, and they'll lose against the Ravens. Uh, I think the Colts will end up beating the Texans. I don't see the Texans pulling it together. And what was the other one? It was the which one? Um, we have the Texans, Steelers, Raiders, Browns. 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 I see yeah. the Browns beating the Raiders just because I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't. Baker Mayfield. Ba- well, <laughs> Baker Mayfield, and they don't have any pressure on Baker Mayfield because <laughs> the Raiders are having a hard time finding a pass rusher. Yeah, it's hard to come as by. John Gruden said, it's hard mm-hmm. to come by when you <laughs> trade the best one away to the Bears. <laughs> So I honestly I don't believe in any of those teams for Week Four. That's my bold statement. So I, uh, that'd, be, next that'd, week be a, have to. that'd be a great thing to see, and I'll give you some credit next week if that does happen. Uh, with ten minutes left in the show, we do have to wrap things up here pretty soon. But I'll give my quick take on that. I do think Houston's going to be the Colts. I okay. I'm, I'm giving the, I don't want the Texans to win, but I'm no. giving them a chance. I'm like yeah. trying to say, okay, they have to win you at got, some point. With that, They're all that talent, good. they would have to win at some point. But the Colts' defense I don't trust entirely. And I think the Texans with this rival game and starting 0-3, hope, I mean, I don't want to say hopefully, but it's a toss-up. I don't like either of these teams. But for them to kind of just go into Indy, and if they are 0-4, I don't know what. I think they're going to turn it around. I really do. I don't know so, what they do at that so point. So I do think uh, the first team that will get their win, I think the other ones are also going to lose. I believe the Steelers are going to lose tonight. Uh, I think Arizona will lose against Seattle, and I think Oakland uh, is going to lose against Cleveland. I believe that Baker Mayfield will have not as good of as a game, and people will question his ability, and I think he'll have an interception or two. Uh, but I think Baker Mayfield will find a way to get Cleveland another win, and then the hype will just get even stronger, right? Um, <clears throat> so before we go, I just want to get our two last things here, some pros and cons, make these quick. Uh, Ryan, start with you. What is your, well, you know, we like to end positively. So what's your, what's your con after week three of the NFL season? So negative is uh, 
uh, one we've talked about extensively today. It's the Jags offense. Um, I'm not going to look too deep into it, but it was pretty pathetic. Uh, Bortles, as we've seen, just can't be consistent. And I hope it was just a fluke, but we'll see. Uh, my positive, the team we haven't talked about at all, was last night's game with the Lions just putting it on that? the Steelers. Or, excuse me, the Patriots. You've got to mention them. Um, Mad respect to the Detroit so Lions for that. The Lions, after the way they started this year, what a that was a positive, very surprising performance from them. Matt Patricia knew how to scheme against them. Yeah. So I don't think Belichick's ever lost to a former coach of his. That was I think that really? might have been the first one. Good. We're good on Matt Patricia. Good on yeah. you, buddy. Uh, Christian, what, what's a what's a negative after week three? What's going oh on? Oh my gosh. Okay, I feel very boldly about this negative. It's the roughing the passer calls <laughs> and the penalties <laughs> that are occurring throughout the league. I, oh my gosh! If I was Clay Matthews, I'd oh. probably quit at halftime too because yep. this is, this is ridiculous. <laughs> That's it. You're hanging up three consecutive. <laughs> the moment weeks. he calls the flag, you just walk oh, off. Man, just walk off. Just I can't right. believe it. Davis. I can't <laughs> believe it. The Kirk Cousins one, terrible, and it cost him the game. You could see it. I mean, it didn't cost them the game. But oh, they Jair, tied, buddy. Yeah, Jair Alexander. <laughs> they tied them the game. Jair Alexander makes the pick on that play. It completely ends the game if they don't throw that flag. So there is a game over for you. And I mean. Last week, who who did they play? I forgot who they played for some. For the Vikings, the Redskins. They played the Redskins. That's right. Yeah, they played the Redskins. Which I picked them to win that game. Sack right there, fifteen yard penalty gives Washington good field position. I'm pretty sure they went down there and scored. Yet again, changes the momentum of the game. You kind of deflates the defense, and Mm -hmm. I don't understand what you're supposed to do. You see how players react when they're tackling unnaturally, when they're going against what they've learned. Um, Forget the player's name, but he tore his ACL trying to make a quote safe tackle. Right, and it's just I. The players don't understand the rules. The referees, I don't think they understand the rules 100%. And it's just it's so weird to go against the natural tackle motion. It's only on the quarterbacks. You can oh, hit yeah. other players, you know, other players, oh, whatever. They're not worth it. But I know you're upset about it, but what's give me a positive, man. Like, okay. give me something positive. good. Um, I'd say positive is Cleveland. I'd say positive is Cleveland. They, everybody's been talking. You know, they made all the most off-season moves out of any team. Um, that so I arguably their best receiver to the Patriots. Yeah, that's kind of strange. But moving past that, I think they wanted to get all the distractions away. I think they, they've got a solid group. I think they've got an, a talented enough group to contend for a wild card spot, maybe even the division this year. It's bold. That, that division's strange. But, um, yeah, I think Cleveland's the positive for this week, and good on them. They deserved it. Something negative, Trey. My negative is the uh, Falcons next man up method. <laughs> not working. It's not working. It's I, not I, working. I had, I had belief in it for about a week, and then when I watched this lose to the Saints, I was like, okay, it's not working. It's not working. My positive, I'll keep with the Cleveland Browns, is Hugh Jackson will be starting. Uh, not Hugh Jackson will be starting. Hugh Jackson will be starting Baker Mayfield for the Browns, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. Should be a given. It should be a given, but he took a little bit for it's some reason. Hugh Jackson. Jackson. But it's Hugh Jackson. It's not, I mean, so my know, positive is he made win. So oh, yeah. give him some time. He's gotta realize he's what gotta, to do yeah, now. He's not used to it. <laughs> so he's um, freaking out. But my positive is that he made the right decision. I knew Baker Mayfield would do well. I had a strong feeling he would, but I think Hugh Jackson made the right decision with that. Alfred, give me something negative that you want to talk about. Hey, man, I'm going to piggyback three. off, man, short and sweet, uh, the rough and the passer call. Um, watching Sunday Night Football last night, I've seen they had six in 2017 rough and the passer through three weeks. Is at 26 oh, now. Wow. So they called 20 more. So that's my negative. And then my positive, man, is parity is still alive in the NFL. Buffalo. Goes into Minnesota, <laughs> down Josh 17 Allen, points underdogs. The biggest upset in 23 years since the Redskins win and beat Dallas in 95. So that's my positive. Uh, for my negative, like it, guys. There's there's something going on in Oakland with this John Gruden situation. <laughs> I don't know if this is a joke. He's bringing it back to 2002. I don't I don't know if he's you know just like accepting the money and doing whatever he feels like would be the funniest thing to do it's for the, the Raider, Raiders. It's the Raider way. He's and I want to give Gruden credit, but there's just none to give. They had the lead at halftime in all three of their losses, and they could not hold it. And they're now 0 three. And then he has the you know the guts to go on the podium and say that it's hard to find a pass rusher in this league. He has a hundred million dollars. Guaranteed, he has to be trolling, right? Oh, There's no way know. he's saying this he seriously. Be, he's got to be getting mad at them because, and he's about to go to Vegas yeah. with this team. Mm. Man, oh man, will be crazy. But my mm. pro is, I uh, talked about this with Ryan during the off season. Uh, the Rams were either going to be awful 
and miss the playoffs and be a bust, or are they going to be the best team in the league yeah. and possibly win the Super Bowl? Rams have spent their money well. They're three and zero, and they're beating teams, and they're not just they're they're soundlessly beating these teams. So the Rams are definitely my pro. Uh, I could see the Rams going fourteen and two this year. Marcus Peters got hurt though. Yeah, and that that he will definitely out. hurt them. Is he out for the year? No, no, three to four weeks. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So I, I think they'll they might get a loss there, but the Rams I got a lot of a lot of faith in the LA Rams. So we'll see how that goes. And before we go, we want to get our our future fortune thanks to a nice restaurant here at UNF. We can get some fortune cookies, and we're gonna start with the Jags. Alfred and I are gonna share this fortune. This fortune that I have from the fortune cookie I had today will tell us uh, the future of the Jags' offense against the New York Jets. And it says, quote, you will soon receive support from an unexpected source. Uh-oh. Okay. Dez? Dez Bryant? <laughs> you, you, you listening? <laughs> an unexpected source. We will receive support in this offense against the Jets. I I'll like that Allen fortune. Robinson back. Uh, maybe, just, maybe just Leonard Fournette's coming back. Okay, yeah. yeah. That, that could be, maybe, yeah. Maybe. maybe it's unexpected. You know, like day to day. <laughs> uh, Trey, your future uh, is the Falcons' future with their defensive losses. I never get good fortunes. You have a friendly heart and are well admired. <laughs> <laughs> At it. least you guys are going to be a friendly team. <laughs> yeah. Well, so we're not going to start KZ. Maybe. No, we're not. Well, maybe we're maybe a friendly he gets suspended from his up. hits. True. Maybe he's yeah. like Vontez perfect. Maybe something happens and he just gets suspended. Uh, quickly, uh, Christian, the future for the 49ers with the loss of Jimmy G and possibly Matt Breda. Okay, my fortune says with brains and beauty, you're the complete package. And I think that's definitely related to uh, Jimmy G because that's the most handsome man <laughs> in true. the face of the earth. So. <laughs> Jimmy he's the complete package, but he's on the couch for the rest of the year. So um, I think our fortune's looking, or our future is looking pretty uh, bleak for San Francisco. And our, for the season. And our final take before we go for the week, uh, let's get this fortune from Ryan. Ryan in our fantasy football league is 0-3. Listen. So, Ryan, what is the future of your sad and depressing fantasy football so, team? So, based off my uh, fortune cookie, you display the wonderful traits of genuineness and courtesiness. Courteousness. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, just here. You can go ahead and have a win. It doesn't bother me. It's just fantasy. <laughs> so that's it. Yeah, I'm going to lose again. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, for Ryan, Christian, Trey, Alfred, and myself, Woo. we appreciate you listening. Check us out next week from 4 to 5 after this uh, week 4 of the NFL season. You're listening to 95.5 FM, UNF Spinnaker Radio. We'll see you next week. Bye. Great show, guys. Sweet. What a show. And we didn't even get to go to our, uh, we didn't pick six. our, our, our pick six. Good job. Make it look like I said Jaguars.